Hey guys, welcome to the WellSaid Podcast. My name is Andre, and I'm a pastoral intern at Living Word Bible Church, where I'm responsible for youth and young adult ministries. I'm also a part-time student at the Southern Seminary. Every week, I'll be sitting down with my good friend Alexi, and we are going to be talking about both the beauty and the complexity of following Jesus in a post-Christian culture. What's up, guys? We are back for episode... Number five. Is this five? Dang. We're over a month in. That's pretty cool. That's exciting. Yeah. Inside of me, I'm really hoping I did not miss that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would not be good. What do you mean miss? How... What if it's four? What if it's oh, six? No, no, no. Is... I think this is five. We are a month in. For I sure. Think. Yeah. Gosh. I hope so. Well, you will know when you're playing it because it's going to be on your screen, on your phone or your laptop, whatever. Yeah. What's up, man? How's it going? Tell me something good today. Something good. Something good. Yeah. I recently learned that, uh, not, I knew it all along, but I actually felt it. That's a lot easier to donate money to a cause rather than give time, your own time. Mm, that's interesting. Well, it, wait, how's that good though? Good? It gives me something to strive for. Mm. My eyes are open now. I, I, Behind every dollar that I have, I understand that it can be is, done. Some it could do something with it. Yeah, you can do more by mm-hmm. spending more time. So it's, yeah, it was cool. just uh, something that you don't think about it, but you're like, man, mm-hmm. the cool. impact that you can have. Oh. Yeah, opportunities to serve surround us in every every yeah. aspect of life. Yep, including our pockets. Yes, it's cool. What about you? What's good? Oh, what's good today? What's good this week? Um, I am just um, um, studying Genesis, and I'll be preaching this week on creation theology, and it's just overwhelming um, to see what the Bible tells and what the Christian worldview tells us, the, the, the Christian story tells us about life. It's, it's so exciting to just look around and to see God made all things. And um, on a more practical note, I've realized something new about myself in the in the process of recording these. I realized that to get my creative flow going, I said this earlier, I have to have some sort of drink, like some sort of iced tea or some sort of coffee, you know. So I got my drink. It's a nice spring day outside. Um, that's good. Yeah, that is pretty good. The weather has been the benefit of this last week for me. I've been really enjoying the sun. Something happens with us uh Northwest Washington people. When yeah. the sun comes out, it's like it's like we're on drugs. It's like it's like a drug. <laughs> All the vitamin D that's been depleted from our bones over the last winter just comes rushing in and we're all just like yeah. you know, scraping to get out there and see the sun and just, you know. Make me think of the uh movie Aladdin? Does that sound Aladdin? Aladdin? Uh, when they flew on the magic carpet and they were singing a whole new world. <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh, that goes way that. back. I don't know about that. That just no, goes straight into my head the whole song. A whole new world. <laughs> All right. So No, no, you actually you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking of I Am Legend, where those those uh no. <laughs> those creatures that like come out to the yeah. sun and they're scared of the sun but like they they want to be out uh, anyways. <sighs> yeah, that movie's complicated. I watched it like 7 it's a years dumb ago. Movie. I'm sorry. I couldn't really get it. <sighs> no, I got it. My friend recommended it and I texted him the moment it was finished. I said that was one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen, but anyways. I got agree. I should not have watched it. It was it w- I was sitting on the edge. It was a little too too much uh <laughs> 
too many zombies zombies from a comfort level yeah this is yeah yeah some of our some of the listeners might be like what what are they watching anyways so will smith is in that movie (sighs) will smith yes all right he is these days moving on so uh what did we talk about last time refresh my memory i remember one thing you were like that was a good podcast you were like you liked you liked the point. You liked the idea. Now, do you even remember what we? <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> we may need to pause here. <laughs> but the, remind me, what was it? But it was good. It was good. Whatever. Life changing. The whole oh, thing. Gosh. The whole package. Yeah, no, it was life changing. We just don't remember. Actually, that's kind of true, and that happens a lot. A lot of the stuff that. Uh, is most profound and most life-changing. We don't necessarily remember it. And we're actually going to talk about that today. Oh, that's funny. Last time we <laughs> talked about the fact that uh, there's no really clear line between faith and facts because everything that every single one of us believes um, every single day rests on some sort of faith assumptions. Um, we all, in our daily life, we all base our daily just activity on certain assumptions, beliefs, um, ideas that we can't prove. So I can't prove to you that human beings are worthy of love. I can't prove to you uh, that the main thing that we seek after is happiness. I can't prove to you that love, beauty, meaning, these are all real things and not just figments of our our imagination, you know? Mm -hmm. So... So when we're talking about where we're talking about like, you know, Christians are oftentimes in- intimidated by the fact that um, we are seen as backwards, backward people that, um, you know, the scientific age has moved beyond biblical faith. That's not true. It's just it's just not true. Um, every single day, the whole world, every single person is leaning on faith assumptions that can't be proven. And the question is where do those faith assumptions come from and and what drives our worldview yeah, i was about to ask that i guess the main question is like what drives everything what is the cause of everything oh dude that's a perfect question what just and that's and, what, what, yeah. and when i say everything i actually mean everything everything you know? within the human heart yeah within the human heart because we don't just make discoveries when mm-hmm. it comes down to mathematics physics chemistry or we don't just go out to uh, hospitals to volunteer. We, d- we don't just do that. Right. We don't just bring yeah. our, our kids up trying to make them into good people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, we don't just do that. What is behind? Like, right, right. There's like, it's like life is this giant, um, it's just, just giant setup of, of uh, what are they called? Dominoes, right? Our lives are just like yeah. cause effect, like networks. But the question is, what gives rise? What gives rise to those motivations, right? Why do we do what we do? Perfect question. And you know, actually, that um, that question hits at a lot of the questions that are being kind of driven today, where people, you know, at the at the center of post Christian culture is the idea that there is no God who defines you. You define you. So be true to yourself. Follow your heart. Uh, Be authentic. Um, Let me add something here. A lot of people don't say that out loud. But if you start asking them, mm -hmm. that's exactly what they will tell you. 
right? That's what their life not, is Not about. everyone says that out loud and proclaims that at the corners. Right. But right. that's exactly what's going on, though, inside. Right. So then, so the question is, who am I? It says, be true to yourself. Um, if the world tells me, be authentic, don't let anybody tell me what to believe, but I get to determine, what is this I? Who am I? Where does that come from? You know? And again, that's kind of like a philosophical, like uh, abstract question. But the same question can be asked in a much more practical way that one that all of a sudden turns the light on, I think, for a lot of us. And that is, uh, instead of asking, who am I? You can ask the question, what do you want? What do you love? So at the end of the day, everything we do is the result of a desire, right? Yep. And so, so here's like a kind of a, like a put it, putting yourself on the hot seat, right? Like you, you stand every morning in front of the mirror and you do the same thing every day. Yeah. You look in yourself, you, you look at yourself, look in the mirror. What do you see? Like what, what do you want? Like what would you say? How would you answer that from like the most honest, deep, practical, un- how do I say it? Unfiltered way. How would you answer that? <laughs> oh, not going too deep. Real quick. I get up in the morning. I look at myself what I want. I got tons of plans and that I want to accomplish. Let's say I want to go on vacation. I want to get a better. I want to have a better relationship with people. Um, I want to have a good career at work. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go and I'm going to work on that. Because mm-hmm. that in the end will satisfy some of the desires that I have within me. Mm-hmm. And if you were to maybe scoop a little deeper, dig a little mm-hmm. deeper and ask, so so those things, those plans that you've got going for the next month or year, um, those plans are going to satisfy, you said, some of the desires that you have within you. Mm-hmm. What are those desires? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What desires? desires? What desires are you trying to satisfy today, tomorrow, this week? I need to have. Uh, I like to be needed, and I like fellowship. Mm-hmm. And when I say fellowship, I don't mean like a Bible study. I mean actual meeting up with people, hanging mm-hmm. out, talking, and I guess just just want to be cared about. Mm-hmm. I just want I just want people to know I exist in a way. Yeah. You know, and and I, I guess at the very end, that's what everything involves around. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's interesting. Um, the need to, to, to mean something to yeah. somebody, the need to have meaningful interactions with other people, relationships that, that are meaningful. Um, and what was the last thing you said? I think that was it. Yeah. I think that was it. Because I actually learned that yesterday again, and just real quick. Uh, my sister came from Victoria, and yesterday we dropped him off at Sawasan. They went back to Victoria, BC. We came home, and you walk into a home, and you used to have two people here, and now they're not here anymore. Mm-hmm. It was a weird feeling. Hmm. It, it, and I think a lot of people have experienced it. When you have someone living with you, and then all of a sudden they leave, and it's a certain part of you is kind of empty. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that kind of that's the standpoint I'm coming from, because there's that void that's... It's got to be filled somehow Mm -hmm. by some way. Yep. Yep. And I think in today's world, this, these questions are like at the center of, of people's hearts because 
in previous ages, you know, in previous generations, truth was sort of determined. Um, you were raised and you were told what the truth is. This is Johnny. This is what you must believe. And this is what you must do to have a good life. Follow the directions. Whereas today, the directions are make your own directions, Johnny. Make your own directions. Live however you want. And that leaves us with the most profound question, what do I want? Because when, you, when, when, when we face the world, you know, and we face, and, and I think a lot of us maybe in the 20s and 30s are hitting this, this segment where you kind of hit this mundane drive of life. You know, you've gone through school, you've graduated, you've started a career, and you're just running the week. You're running, you feel like this hamster in the wheel. And it's like every week the same thing. And you, and, and you really have to ask this question more frequently. Why am I doing this? Like, what do I want out of all this? What is all this for? What am I seeking? You know? Yep. This is the, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the central human question. It's a very interesting point in, in John chapter 1 where um, I think it was Peter who was following Jesus because um, he was following Jesus. Jesus turns around and says, what do you want? Or in other translations, what do you seek? Um, this question of what do you want goes down to the very core of human life, I think. Um, why do we pursue these desires? Uh, why do we pursue the things that we pursue? Like you said, because they're going to offer some sort of satisfaction. So notice this. The, the, here's the scheme. Um, we are offered in a thousand different ways every day through media, through books, through <clears throat> stories, through uh, conversations with people. We are offered many different little versions of the good life. Many different pictures that promise to bring us a dose of satisfaction. Uh, we are offered, in a sense, a picture of the kingdom that we seek after and we go after it because mm -hmm. we believe that that thing will make us happy. Yep. Um, so, at the most basic level, this is what faith is. Faith is not necessarily what you put into the category of quote-unquote spiritual things or God talk. Mm -hmm. Faith, at the end of the day, is, is, that, is that version of the good story that you believe in, that version of the good life that you are chasing after. And worship, worship is not what we do when we bow down or when we are got our hands raised mm -hmm. and the guitars playing. Worship is when we are acting on faith. When some version of the good life has captivated our hearts, captivated our imaginations, and promised us some sort of dose of satisfaction. And because of that captivated heart, we are running after it. Yeah. That run after that thing, that run is worship. So now play it back. And look at every single person in the world that you, maybe you've ever met and realize there is no such thing as non-worship. Yep. Because every day we get up, we look in the mirror, and we are running after some sort of desire, some sort of promised fulfillment. Every day we are believing some sort of story of the good life. Every day we are acting on that belief, and we are running after it. So we are worshiping. That just, that makes sense. Because subsequently, when we do that, 
I guess, to divine worship a little bit. We give it our all. Mm-hmm. We focus on it. We dedicate all of our attention, our energy, our money to that belief that we have of the end goal. Mm-hmm. But uh, just the first question popped in my, my, my mind. I don't know if we'll cover it today. But then how do I explain the difference between belief that I have into eternal kingdom mm-hmm. versus belief that somebody has into, let's say, having a wonderful life and good children and then retiring yeah. and ha- and ha- going to a golf course every yeah. morning. How do you explain the difference between the two? Yeah, yeah. Because essentially they're kind of the same, but they're different in experience. Now, I think the other question to add to that, which is really important, is this. Why does our generation, I think, especially our generation, struggles with this as we're caught in the crosshairs of the culture and our faith? Um, why is it so often that we have these deep desires for what are often called quote-unquote worldly things and that so often young people today when they are reading scripture when they are going to church when they are hearing the preaching of the word of God um, hearing the songs the, the hymns they do not feel that emotional tug and connection with the Christian faith as they do with going to the movies mm-hmm. uh building their career, uh, listening to the latest Taylor Swift or Kendrick Lamar album, <laughs> right? Yeah. So so your, your heart is captivated by other things, and it is not captivated by the, the things of God, right? Yeah. So why is there this disconnect? Hmm. Because, because, right? Because, I mean, admit it, right? Oftentimes, like you as a believer have had times when you are opening your Bible and you're reading and you're just like, this is dry. Yeah. This is not, um, lo- I'm, I'm not longing after this. I'm actually longing after the moment that I close this book and I go get breakfast because that's what I'm really longing after. Yeah. Right? And uh, it doesn't just happen once a year. This is a common thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, to my life, I was heartbroken after Patriots lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> I was heartbroken. Yeah, yeah. There was this void inside of me that, and I realized I was just literally worshiping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, so, any any other ways that you'd like to take a stab at that this this tension that you feel as a believer between the things that you are official faith, capital F faith, mm-hmm. and daily life faith? Here's a. I don't know if it's the right way to stab it. This may be complete miss, but just to throw it out there. The holy uh the understanding of the within us we have the spirit of God which regenerated us and then the other side is the flesh, like the flesh which has its own desires. Mm-hmm. So this constant fight between the spirit and the flesh is this where it's at or is there something else that I'm missing? Definitely a part of the distraction and the Mm -hmm. the confusion is our struggle with um, sinful desires and uh, true spiritual desires, God-honoring desires. Um, There's a couple of things that I'd like to just hit at, I think, a couple of sub-points here. First of all, I think oftentimes there's a a uh, mislabeling of how faith works in our life. So oftentimes, I think we've been in in Western Christianity, in American Christianity, we have heard this idea that faith is just um, it's a it's a thought thing. So if as long as you know a lot of Bible, you're a good Christian. You know the way that spirituality is measured is how much Bible content you know, how much theology you know. That's how good of a Christian you are. 
Whereas when Jesus was confronted with the question of what is the ultimate spiritual life, Jesus said there's two things, and it's not intellect, it's love. Love the Lord your God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So um, we often have assumed that just because I have gotten some sort of truth intellectually in my mind, then I have... I have lived it out that it's um, I've arrived, but that's not, you're not done. You're not done just because you've apprehended some truth intellectually. Um, the truth has to captivate your heart. And so how does that happen? And why is it that the truth often doesn't captivate our heart and, um, things around us do right. And we feel guilty. Shoot. You know, I was really, I love that black Panther movie and it's almost like, it's almost sinful, uh, to talk about how much I enjoyed it. Um, and perhaps sometimes it is, but here's the thing. Um, and I think I actually want to read a quote here about this idea of faith and why it's tricky from a guy who's actually not a Christian, David Foster Wallace. He's a, he was a writer, um, who died a couple years ago. Here's how he observes the same observation we just said. And then he comes to a very interesting conclusion at the end, which is very key here. He says this, in the day-to-day trenches of adult life, or any life, there is no such thing as atheism. There is no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. An outstanding reason for choosing some sort of God or spiritual type thing to worship, let it be Allah or Yahweh or Wicca, or the mother goddess, or the full, four noble truths of infragible set of ethical principles, whatever, is that pretty much anything else that you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap your real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. Never feel that you have enough. It's the truth. Worshiping your own body and beauty and sexual allure, and you will always feel ugly. And when the time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally plant you. On one level... We all know this stuff already. It's been codified as myths, proverbs, cliches, bromides, epigrams, parables. The skeleton of every great story. The trick is keeping the truth up front in daily consciousness. Worship power. You will always feel weak and afraid. And you will never ever have enough. And you will always want more power over other people. Worship your intellect and being seen as smart. And you will end up feeling stupid and a fraud always on the verge of being found out. The insidious thing about these forms of worship is not that they're evil or sinful. It is that they are unconscious. They are default settings. They're some kind of worship that you just gradually slip into day after day, getting more and more selective about what you see and how you measure value without ever being fully aware of what you're doing. So notice what he says there. This guy's not a Christian. He's wrong on the fact that you can worship whatever you want. But he makes this interesting point. He says there's no such thing as worship. And he says that the people people around us worship all sorts of different things. And those things that they worship, they destroy them because they never deliver fully on the promise of satisfaction. Mm. And then he says this other thing. He says the insidious thing about these forms of worship is is that they are almost always unconscious. The human heart is is presented in the Bible as the center of your mind of your life, not the intellect. And what does that mean? It means that uh, Proverbs chapter four right says, "Guard your heart above all things, for from it flow all the issues of life." 
The human heart in the Bible is presented as the center of all desires and longings and aspirations. Hmm. And as we move through life, going through the weekly mundane, going through the cycles, we often have our guard down and we allow any other, any random thing, any other beautiful sparkly thing of this world to captivate us, to give us a false promise, and then to lead us off like a, like a piece of bait uh, on a fishing pole. And we go chasing. And after a while, many of us stop and think, why have I been chasing this thing? Right. Mm -hmm. So where he's wrong is he says, just pick a healthy worship. Right. From a Christian perspective, we know that's not right. We know that there's a deeper reason why we are wired this way. Yeah. We are wired as worshipers and as lovers because we are built for God's own heart. Yeah. You know, and so when we and, and James K.A. Smith in his book, You Are What You Love, I really recommend that book. He makes this powerful point. He says, look, guys, look at scripture. Look at what the Christian story tells us. The Christian story tells us that God has loved us from eternity and he has crafted a plan of salvation throughout all history and that throughout all history, he is saving a people for himself and that to live as a lover of God is to live a life of practices that consciously seek to craft your loves. Mm -hmm. Your loves and your desires are moldable. And so what you say is you come to God and through the process of Christian life, through scripture reading, through prayer, through fellowship, uh, through life in the church, you are crafting your love for the right things. And as the word of God remolds your loves you start to live with these loves in line with the full full mm -hmm. experience of life consciously and with intent right and oh. and the thing about it is this like i think this changes the way you see culture around you mm -hmm. this doesn't make this makes a different picture this paints a picture of this like Christians are often viewed as backward, uh, having no answers, right? But when you look at the world from this perspective, that we are all lovers, we are all worshipers, we are not, like evolution says, survivors. We are not survivors. We are lovers. And when you look around at the culture around you and you ask yourself, how is that going for people? You don't see a world of strong, solid answers. You see a world of broken hearts, yep. of confused people. And so as a Christian, this is where you stand. This is where you can live in love of God, in enjoyment of his love for you through the gospel of Jesus Christ, through his word, through the work of the spirit in your heart every single day. And you can live out loud to the people around you and you can let them see your loves. You can talk about the things you love and you can explain why you love those things because you were, you're wired for them. And everyone is wired for them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And this is where Christians have the answer that nobody else does around them. Man, I don't know if I can add anything else to that. That just, it answers it. The whole idea of uh, why we love and how we do that. That it's, that, that's so the this, difference yeah. between Christianity and just everything else out there. Mm -hmm. Just how it, the, the whole intent idea and how it eventually destroys us mm -hmm. because it never delivers. And the simple formula is this. Captivated hearts lead to faith. And faith leads to worship. 
everybody always is worshiping somehow. When you understand that and you understand what God does in his word, God wants your heart to be captivated by him, by his kingdom, by his redeeming work in this world. And so when you, when you feel dry reading the Bible, going to church, ask yourself, why am I doing this? Ask yourself, do I really believe this stuff? Do I really believe that God is good, that he has created me for his pleasure, that my relationship with him is the center of my whole life and that he is working a good work in me and he is redeeming the whole world and he has made me part of that story? Do I really believe that? You know, you let that captivate your heart. You let that drive your desires and that begins to to really create fire that spreads to every aspect of your life. Yeah. Wow. I think this was a really good episode. Make sure to ask me about it next time too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're going to remember. Absolutely. Well, thanks guys for listening again. Uh, Let us know what you think. Uh, Send your ideas or questions through the contact tab at well-said.org and you can also find some more good content there. Uh, Or you can just reach us at the Facebook page at wellsaidwords. If this episode has been helpful or interesting, share it with a friend and leave us a quick review on iTunes. That's the biggest way you can support us and keep the conversation going. See you guys next time.